Solomon Kinley in the backfield. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. And Tua throwing the other way to a wide open Durham spike for the touchdown. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Diagnosis. Shotgun. Murray. Prognosis. Out of the pocket. Seven seconds. Osmos. Six seconds. Murray. Glad to have you with us here on a thunderous Thursday edition of the T.C. Martin Show. Yes, today we talk a little college football, the NFL, Week 18, start handicapping it. Actually, we're going to get opinions from both sides of the counter today, like uh, we traditionally do on Thursdays. That's right. Jake Cornegay is going to join us, the Vice President of Race and Sportsbook Operations at the world-famous Superbook at the Westgate of Las Vegas. He will join us a little bit later on this hour. Next hour, one of our handicapper extraordinaires, Scott Spritzer, joins us as we start breaking down Week 18 of the NFL. Which games do we want to wager on this week? Because as we know, it's the final week of the NFL regular season. Mm, tough week. And then, of course, national championship game. It's TCU, my namesake, against the Georgia Bulldogs. All right. You got to like that. Coming up on Monday. So we will continue to uh, break all of that down for you, handicap it, look forward to that. Don't forget, at the Westgate tomorrow, we'll have more of that. And, of course, part of our best bet segments will, and of course, have an opinion on the national championship game coming up uh, tomorrow at the the world-famous Superbook at the Westgate. Okay. Also today, uh, the quarterback, one of the quarterbacks, uh, Steve Berline, will join us a little bit later on today. And we'll talk to uh, Steve regarding all of that as well, too. National Championship game, Week 18 on the NFL. All right, but we do start the show today with uh, an update. As we've been trying to give you each and every day here about uh, Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin, his medical update. And today we have very good news coming out of Cincinnati. Uh, DeMar Hamlin is still in intensive care at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Uh, today, doctors held a press conference and gave us a lot of details. That press conference uh, went for over an hour today. You are going to hear from the doctors here in just a matter of moments, so you can hear exactly what they said regarding the status and the current condition of DeMar Hamlin. Like we said, still in intensive care. At the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, the doctor said he showed substantial improvement in his condition over the past 24 hours. Uh, as of now, they are still, um, you know, monitor, uh, monitoring him very, very closely. And as of this morning, he has been awakened. He is neurological condition and function is intact. Uh, family said that he was actually grabbing and holding their hands last night and into today. He was actually able to follow commands. He's not actually speaking, but he is communicating in writing and even asked the doctors when he awoke who won the game. Pretty cool. Damar Hamlin waking up 
and uh, neurological functions uh, returning. He's moving his hands. He's moving his feet. So extremely good news. And we had talked a lot the last couple of days about how those first 24 hours, 24 to 48 hours were so critical. And now we are seeing it, the fantastic job that everyone has done here as far as uh, caring for him and treating him. Uh, again, he is still in critical condition in the intensive care unit there in the hospital. He still needs to make significant progress, but the news is very, very good. To kind of go through the timeline again, you know, from the game on Monday night where he was injured, he suffered cardiac arrest. It was promptly recognized by the Buffalo Bills training staff and their medical staff. Um, they resuscitated him immediately within minutes. Uh, and at that point in time, he was transported by ambulance to the hospital at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Um, he was attended by four emergency physicians at the hospital. Uh, and doctors said they had significant concern for his well-being and whether he was going to make it or not on Monday night. Uh, they did a lot of tests on him during the course of the night and the next day. They said he has been very sick, but last night and this morning, he has made remarkable progress and also has good clinical improvement, which is fantastic news, uh, all of that. So like we said, the press conference was held this morning. Two doctors, Dr. William Knight and Dr. Timothy Pritz, uh, addressed the media today and everyone. Here are their statements. First from Dr. Timothy Pritz. Good afternoon, everybody, uh, and greetings from the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Uh, it's our privilege today to meet with you. Um, and Dr. Knight and I are representing the many, many individuals and teams that have helped care for uh, Mr. Hamlin uh, since the on-field event uh, on Monday night. Uh, we would like to share that there has been substantial improvement in his condition over the past 24 hours. Uh, we had significant concern um, about him after the injury and after the event that happened on the field, uh, but he is making substantial progress. Uh, as of this morning, uh, he is beginning uh, to awaken, uh, and it appears that his neurological uh, condition and function is intact. Uh, we are very pr uh, proud to report that, very happy for him uh, and for his family and for the Buffalo Bills organization uh, that he is making improvement. Uh, he continues to be critically ill uh, and continues to, to undergo intensive care uh, in our surgical and trauma ICU. Uh, he's being uh, cared for by uh, ICU uh, neurosurgery, I'm, I'm sorry, neurocritical care teams, uh, trauma surgery, uh, and a cardiology team, as well as our expert nurses uh, and respiratory uh, therapists. Uh, they are attending to him, and he still has uh, significant progress that he needs to make, uh, but this remark, uh, this marks a really a good turning point uh, in his ongoing care. Probably the best news that we could have heard today. Uh, from the University of Cincinnati Medical Center and the doctors uh, addressing the situation. We talked a little bit about the timeline, what actually happened from Monday until where we are now. Here are the doctors speaking in more specifics about the timeline. 
What I can tell you is that our team involved uh, a significant number of the care team in, involved in, in, in helping with Mr. Hamlin on the field on Monday night. Uh, he was attended to by four of our emergency physicians serving in the various roles as uh, the airway physician, the visiting team medical liaison, uh, a neurotrauma consultant, um, as well as one of the team physicians for the Cincinnati Bells, uh, uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Um, as, as everybody knows, Mr. Hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest on the field, and it was promptly recognized by the Buffalo Bills medical staff, and that allowed for a very immediate uh, resuscitation on the field. Um, he was promptly resuscitated. Um, it did require CPR and defibrillation, and at which point he was transported to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, where he was met by Dr. By, uh, Dr. Pritz and the, the trauma team, as well as our emergency medicine uh, colleagues. He was managed and resuscitated and worked up in the emergency department, um, had some additional uh, tests in the ED and in the hospital, and then has been managed in the surgical ICU, uh, as, as uh, Dr. Pritz said. It's been uh, a, a long and difficult road for the last three days. Um, he has been uh, very sick and, and has made a, a fairly remarkable recovery and improvement to the point, as, as Tim noted, um, he, he is now uh, demonstrating that sign of, of good neurologic recovery, as well as overall clinical improvement, as, as has been previously reported related to not just his vital signs, but a lot of his other uh, individual organ recovery. All right, that is Dr. William Knight along with Dr. Timothy Pritz from today's press conference there at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. I think the key words that he said there was promptly, how quickly that the Bills medical staff got on this situation, resuscitated him promptly, and then when he got to the hospital, how all of the physicians helped there, those four emergency physicians uh, handled this promptly. And then he talks about the process going, you know, what took place forward in, you know, the last 48 hours. Uh, and now where we're at with this, use the word remarkable progress. That's the best thing that DeMar Hamlin's family, friends, the Buffalo Bills, and everyone who's following the story could wish for. Remarkable progress. And then also to say that he has those neurological functions and good clinical improvement as well, too. Uh, he also stated, like you heard, this is going to be a process. He is still critically ill, still in critical condition. and But being able to communicate and being able to you know, acknowledge what they're saying and him to be able to communicate, not speaking, because he's not speaking yet, but he is writing notes. And uh, just to kind of have that cognitive you know, response is one of the first things that he asked the doctors. Who won the game? <laughs> so it tells you he remembers where he was at and probably remembers everything up until the time that he went unconscious on that field in Cincinnati on Monday night. Here's more from the doctors talking about the immediate recognition by the Bills medical staff and uh, realizing when it was a severe, uh, a severe injury and how they saw this and how it played out. I think it, it just speaks really to the immediate recognition that there was something significantly and seriously wrong by the Bills medical staff. I, 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 the team and I speak together. We cannot credit their team enough. They're often, unfortunately, uh, there are injuries occasionally that happen on, on uh, sports fields, be it football or others. 
Um, but it is incredibly rare to have something be this serious that happens um, like that. And to be that quickly recognized, what they did was immediately marshal the emergency action plan, meaning the, the emergency medicine services. That prompted the airway physician, the emergency physician that was out on the, on the field, um, to be at his bedside in, in less than a minute. Um, he had a prompt recognition of uh, loss of pulse, um, which gave him immediate bystander CPR, which, as, as all many of you know, rarely if ever happens. And so the fact that that Mr. Hamlin had immediate bystander CPR, in addition to prompt recognition of his arrhythmia, to get defibrillated and then and then back to the return of circulation very quickly. Um, that speaks to that timeline that you were asking about to get the return of spontaneous circulation with immediate bystander CPR that was performed um, well, um, all meeting the standard of what we would expect uh, in that scenario is what has led us to be able to discuss these good outcomes today. I will second that. You know, the, the Bill's training staff who was with him immediately recognized that this was not a run-of-the-mill injury and that they, they had a significant <clears throat> event on their hands and immediately responded and uh, uh, got the emergency response team uh, involved in his care. And really, this was went as well as something like this could go uh, under very challenging circumstances. And they did a fantastic and, you know, job, which is why we're here today. And understanding how complicated of a situation this ultimately is, would it be fair to say that if things would have taken a few extra minutes or maybe even a few extra seconds, there could have been a different outcome here? I think that's fair to say. Thank goodness for quality, caring, professional doctors, physicians, medical staffs, and teams. And to be able to react that quickly and that calm and cool. And we talked about this yesterday, the calmness, the coolness of, of everyone involved in this on Monday night, from the doctors to the coaches to the players to the officials, and just not letting this turn chaotic or turn into a circus. And we'll talk more about that, you know, about the NFL uh, and how they prepare for these things here in a little bit. But more from the press conference there from Dr. Timothy Pritz and Dr. William Knight talking about the signs that his DeMar Hamlin's neurological functions are intact. We were in the situation where we wanted to allow him to gradually, you know, wake up as the rest of his uh, body was healing. Uh, and uh, last night he was able to um, emerge and uh, follow commands uh, and even ask uh, who had won the game. All right. Again, he actually did not speak, and they clarified that later. But uh, by communicating um, by handwritten notes, and again, Tamar Hamlin, responsive enough to say, "Hey, who won the game?" <laughs> well, I think the doctors had said to him, "Well, Demar, you won the game because you're alive right now, and it could have been a very drastic outcome here." More from the doctors talking about what factors led to his remarkable improvement within the last 24 hours. It's variable. We, we do uh, manage post-cardiac arrest patients routinely as part of critical care in, in all of our ICUs, and, it, and it's variable. But it, it speaks to his age, his incredible fitness, and then, again, I, I don't think that we could emphasize enough the immediate medical response. The fact that he had highly trained uh, professionals from the Buffalo Bills, in addition to having 
um, paramedics, emergency physicians, respiratory therapists, all right at his bedside in less than a minute from the collapse. That speaks to that ability that demonstrates that he had good perfusion to his brain that led to to no um, identifiable neurologic deficit. All right. The quick acting medical team there, especially on the Bills sideline and the Bengals uh, doctors and their medical team gets credit for this uh, as well, too. So, like they said, he's still in critical condition, um, you know, weaning him off uh, the oxygen, uh, being able to respond. He will continue to go through further tests here. Uh, still have, has a long way to go as far as recovery, but great signs that he is awakened and he is responding. I uh, talk here are the doctors talking about the next steps in recovery. There are many, many steps uh, still ahead of him. Uh, from our standpoint, we would like to see him continue to improve, uh, to be completely uh, breathing on his own, uh, and uh, then to be you know ready to be discharged uh, from the hospital. So those are the immediate next steps. Um, as we go for his care, you know, his family has been with him at his bedside, um, as have members of Buffalo Bill uh, organization, uh, really since this all began. Uh, and uh, we really want to get him home to them. And so those will be the immediate next steps. Uh, and then we'll talk about, uh, you know, potential plans for the future. All right. Uh, again, great news coming out of Cincinnati uh, today. Finally here, the doctors talking about uh, his communication skills and what they are like right now. Uh, you know, we've discussed, um, you know, with him what happened. Um, he's not quite at the point where we can have a conversation because, again, still has a breathing tube in um, and is able to communicate with uh, yeses and nos by shaking his head, nodding his head, or with uh, with brief notes. Um, you know, we uh, he was expressed surprise that he had been, you know, not with with the world for two days. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've talked to him about all the support that's been given from uh, Cincinnati, Buffalo, and really across the country uh, for him and his family during this time. You know, his, uh, his mom and dad have talked to him about uh, what has happened, and we expect that we'll continue to have ongoing conversations with him. You know, and again, his first, you know, first question that he wrote when he, when he started to awaken was, was, did we win? So we know that he's really, that it's not only that the lights are on, we know that he's home, uh, and that it appears that all, all the cylinders are firing. Uh, within his brain, which is greatly gratifying for all of us, for the nurses and the respiratory therapists and the care team that's been at his side, uh, for his family and for everybody else beyond. All right. Part of uh, a press conference that took place today, the University Medical Center at Cincinnati, Dr. William Knight, Dr. Timothy Pritz, uh, for over an hour, uh, they talked, they answered questions of the media, and uh, it was one of those very inspiring press conferences and getting a chance to watch that this morning it uh, it was great and you could just tell by uh the media that were on the zoom call uh how excited uh, that they were about this news as well too and can you imagine you know what this is like for demar hamlin and i think you know when you hear the doctors say well you know you weren't with us for the last two days you weren't here i mean think about that um this gentleman thought he was gone. His family probably thought he was gone. And we talked about this on the show the last couple of days, talking to doctors, that there was a survival rate for this type of thing that happened to DeMar Hamlin between 25 and 40%. And as of right now, it looks like he's going to make his way through this. So um, signs are great. Here is a statement from the Buffalo Bills organization today. 
Per the physicians caring for DeMar Hamlin at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, DeMar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours. While still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal, and he's making steady progress. We are grateful for the love and support we have received. That is from the Buffalo Bills. Watching this unfold like many of us, Millions of us did watching Monday Night Football, tuning in to see two of the best teams in football play each other for playoff aspirations, looking forward to a great game. And we got a great game until this horrific thing happened with DeMar Hamlin collapsing midway through the first quarter. Nobody has a playbook for this, but technically the NFL does even though we never think about that. And more and more teams today and more and more fans and more and more media members are starting to learn that the NFL has a plan in place for this and they address their medical teams and their personnel before each and every game. We got to give the NFL credit here. As much as people want to jump on Roger Goodell for a lot of the silliest things, you know, you hear him booed at, at events and press conferences and that sort of thing. The NFL is a multi-billion dollar business. It is turned into America's favorite pastime, even though baseball is America's favorite pastime. But we know that everyone loves football. Yes, it's a violent sport. Um, the competition, the thrill, the excitement. The drama. I mean, you go from one aspect to the other. Look in what we've talked about. The college football games that we saw on Saturday. Two of the best college football games we'll ever see. Two of the most exciting college football games. And arguably the best Saturday of college football. And no question, it was the, since we went to the playoff format, it was the two most exciting semifinal games that we've ever had. And we eagerly await Monday night's championship game between Georgia and TCU. You go from that to 48 hours later and you see this happen where it just takes you in a whole different place. And now people are wondering, can they get back to enjoying football? Is it okay to enjoy football? Because many people think, well, maybe we, you know, I shouldn't be looking forward to this weekend's games considering there is a man who was, was laid out for 10 minutes. He was being worked on. His heart was being resuscitated. He nearly died on this football field. What's going to happen to the game that everyone loves? Is it okay to, to want to, to see another football game? And are we kind of glad that this did happen on a Monday? And it didn't happen on a Saturday or a Sunday uh, where it would have affected other games because we know they probably would have postponed other games. But you've got five days before you play again. The Buffalo Bills just got back to practice along with the Cincinnati Bengals yesterday. The Bills went through a walkthrough. Today they had their first uh, real practice. Luckily for the Bills, they have a home game this weekend, this Sunday against the New England Patriots. And now knowing that their brother is on his road to recovery and DeMar Hamlin, that they can now maybe start to focus on football. And again, especially where they're at. Nobody was thinking anything but 
playoffs, Super Bowl, and of course, that very important game that took place on Monday night. And then you had to take a pause and you had to deal with the emotions. Hey, we saw the emotions here firsthand that the Raiders went through last year. You know, when you had the craziness and the Henry Ruggs and the crime that he committed, you know, and killing an innocent victim and her dog and the other nonsense that the Raiders had to deal with with players, yielding guns, making silly mistakes, falling asleep at the wheel, partying too much at nightclubs, having their head coach, who was really the face of this franchise, you know, for saying things he shouldn't have said, sending out emails that he shouldn't have done. I mean, we've seen the emotion of roller coasters. Then this season with Derek Carr, and now Derek Carr being basically, you know, released by the Raiders. Not officially yet, but you know, it's probably coming away from the team. You have these emotions that go on, and a lot of it is off the field stuff. Henry Ruggs last year, we're dealing with death, near death in a football game on Monday night between the Bills. And the Bengals, and it affected not just those teams, but everybody. But give the NFL credit, because the NFL has protocols in place. The NFL, having the medical personnel, the proper, qualified, professional medical personnel present on the sidelines at these games, ready to handle any situation possible, a situation like this, having the equipment in the stadium, specifically on the sideline, to be able to react the way they did, calmly, coolly, professionally. And here's another thing that they that the doctors alluded to today. Having those personnel who know each other. It's like anybody when you're in a working environment, whether it's a sport, whether it's what you do at work or what anybody does that's in a team environment, what we do right here when it comes to radio. I mean, it helps when you have people that you work with and you know that they're on the same page as you and you can work closely together. They can finish your sentence for you. And that's what the doctors talked about with the medical personnel, with the Buffalo Bills, and then working in conjunction with the Cincinnati Bengals medical personnel. Everybody there, from security to coaches, players, referees, everybody else, officials with the National Football League, to be able to communicate with each other the way they did, calmly, swiftly, make everything happen the way they did to save this man's life. The NFL deserves credit for having all of this in place. They have a plan in place for every game. And I think that's very, very important to acknowledge because a lot of times people just want to dismiss commissioners and people that are involved in, in, in the front offices of, of football teams, basketball teams or leagues. All right. Commissioners don't get a lot of credit. A lot of personnel don't get a lot of credit. All right. So credit goes from the top all the way down here goes to the doctors, to those medical personnel that were on the field who started this process to resuscitate this man's life and get him where hopefully now he can breathe on his own. Hopefully he can lead a normal life. Buffalo Bills are grateful today. 
I think everybody's grateful today because this is the best news that we could possibly hear. DeMar Hamlin making significant signs of improvement, remarkable improvement, according to the doctors at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center today. All right, when we come back, uh, we will start talking about the games this weekend because the NFL is has their full schedule. The Bills will be back in action. The Bengals will be back in action. Everyone's playing. It's the final week. There are teams jockeying for playoff positions. We're going to talk betting. We're going to be talking handicapping. We'll be talking about the games, breaking it all down from the college side, the championship game on Monday night to NFL Week 18. And Jay Cornegay from the world-famous Superbook joins us next. I got something for you. Here's the man, the myth. The oracle has spoken. The mouth. You hear me talking? T.C. Martin. All right, tomorrow we are back at the world-famous Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. Come on by, see the show live. Marco D'Angelo will be joining me, of course. Best bet segment and a whole lot more coming your way. Previewing the National Championship game Monday night. Looking forward to that. And uh, John Murray will be joining us as well tomorrow, the executive director of the Superbook. And uh, now... We go right to the vice president, the guy who's in charge, the guy that's making the calls, the man that's busy. I don't know. I don't know how many hours of sleep that this guy gets every night. The one and only Jay Cornegay from the Superbook. What's going on, my man? Oh, I was just making John Murray's schedule. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I like that. I like that. You, you got you to pencil it in there, right, secretary? <laughs> yeah, let's see. Uh, 8 to 12. <laughs> 10 to 1, off, off. Right? Off. Baker's hours, <laughs> all that sort of thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, it's all good. Everything's good. Uh, looking forward to uh, how, how to normalize everything around here after, you know, a crazy weekend. Man, no kidding. And uh, it's funny you, you bring that up about, about John because when we were there on, um, you know, last Friday and we were talking about doing the show there on Monday and, and again, appreciate uh, all that because we had a great time there on New Year's Day watching the Rose Bowl, uh, you know, cursing underneath our breath, especially uh, those of us that had Utah, uh, you know, but, uh, and here we are, you know, getting ready for that game on Monday night, Jay. And, um, you know, I was asking John, I said, Hey, you know, are you, you, you want to join us on Monday? He goes, Monday, I'm off. I go, wait a minute, man. It's New Year's Day. It's bowl games. We got Monday night football. I say, what do you mean you're off? He goes, Monday's my off day. It's like, geez, <laughs> banker's hours. Like I said, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's been, it's been a while. Um, everybody knows this, this stuff to find good help. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, you know, when these guys get, I guess when they see an off day, you know, that's theirs, you know, but no, it, it was good. Uh, we, you know, a lot of the stuff we've been doing, you know, we just opened up Ohio, uh, on, uh, what was that Sunday morning? Mm-hmm. And, um, so we have another jurisdiction that will be our seventh state. So we are excited about that and, uh, just kind of getting things going there. Um, you know, we have a retail outlet there. That's our second retail. Everything else is just mobile, but uh, a retail outlet out in Cincinnati, Ohio. So that's definitely kept us busy over the last few weeks. I can imagine. Well, the new year is here. It's 2023. And uh, we know that uh, it was another booming uh, year for the sports books and, you know, especially you guys at uh, the Superbook. As we know, we look forward to a great 2023. And going back to Monday, 
you know, Jay, when you worked, you know, some of us, we worked on New Year's Day. See, hey, we were there working. But as we were anticipating that Monday night football game between the Bills and the Bengals, you know, we, hey, we got, a, we had a 7-3 score and, you know, people were very, you know, in, enthused, intrigued. And then all of a sudden, as we know, the game came to a crashing halt and just a horrific, incident uh you know that happened and the good news is that uh you know like we just reported in the last segment demar hamlin is uh is now making a a recovery which is the best news that we could possibly hear but going back to monday night i mean i know that was just eerie for everybody to watch i'm curious from your point of view and people who are watching that game you know at the superbook what was that atmosphere like during that time well, as, as you can imagine, it was very somber on both sides of the counter for us. And, and, you know, no one wants to see that. And, and, uh, you know, the, the crowd, which you're right, they were all jazzed up. I mean, it was quite the atmosphere. It was a huge game. Um, and, you know, got off to a great start, seven to three. Teams are moving it. You know, you just, you could just tell these are two really good teams, two really good quarterbacks. I mean, everybody was ready to, you know, see this thing go back and forth for three hours. And, um, when, you know, when the incident took place, uh, you know, a lot of us just thought it was routine injury or maybe a head injury that we've seen concussion, you know, maybe even, you know, thinking that he's going to go to the blue tent. But as soon as they said CPR, then, you knew it was a different story and everybody's like, wow, you know, I, I got to admit that we didn't have any complaints in the room, you know, saying, you know, asking us, uh, you know, refund my money or I want, you know, I, I want this type of action. Everybody was very respectful, um, you know, and uh, of the, you know, what this young man was going through. So no one pressed us. Even the next day, um, you know, people were still understanding. And there was a couple of inquiries, don't get me wrong, but nobody was outraged in, in pushing us to make a decision on, you know, what we had to do. And, you know, outside the most important thing, this young man's life, you know, we, you know, we have to conduct business and, 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 uh, we have to make, uh, you know, it's not like, like John said, John Murray, and, and he put it the best way. It's not like when this thing happened, we all got in a huddle and say, Hey, what should we do now? It, it was like, well, let's make sure the rules are there and the, and they are. And this is what we do if the game is not played within eight days. You know, it's a refund. That's for us. And, and books do vary. So for all the listeners out there, they always have to check your your, uh, your book's house rules because it does vary at times. For us, the game must be played in eight, within eight days for it to be action. Uh, if not, it's refunded. And as soon as the NFL made the official announcement that they were not going to resume play, you know, this week or this weekend, we knew that they were not going to play within eight days, so we refunded it. Um, the Super Contest, the Super Contest, a little different Super Contest. The game must be played by Tuesday, end of Tuesday, for it to be um, action uh, for the contest. And it's so unfortunate that it was such a popular game. There were a lot of people that chose this game. But in our rules, again, we're not making this up as we go, but in the rules, if the if uh, the game is not played by the end of the day, any contestant that selects that game gets zero. Now, we understand there's been some pushback on that. People say, well, they should at least get a half. And I go, well, yes, that has been discussed before. The problem with giving a half to some people that 
you know, if you are tied going into, you know, let's say you're in the money and you're, you know, uh, you're up for the money or maybe even up for the championship and your contestant you're tied with, you know, got a half point for a game that wasn't played, you would be upset. So there's always like two sides to this. So, but we do try to appease the majority. And so we're going to look at that rule again. We know others have in their contest rules, either zero or they get a half. It sounds like there's a, a lot of people that believe a half a point for each side. It makes more sense um, or more accepted to majority of the people than zero. But for this year, it's definitely zero. And, you know, we had to move on, um, unfortunately, and, uh, you know, get ready for week 18. No, and you're right, Jay. You have all of the rules that are set forth, uh, whether it's for a contest or you have postponements, suspended games. I mean, th- those rules are in place. Uh, so going back real quick, like I said, to the contest. So if you have a game, okay, and we've had a couple ties in the NFL this year, is that just, it's zero for a tie. There's no half point, half point for that situation, correct? It's just a zero, right? Well, that, well, if it's a, if it, it lands right on the spread, because we have whole numbers in the contest, you know, and as, as do others. Right. So let's just say that the Patriots minus seven over the but, Lions right, and the Patriots seven, they each get a half point. They do get a half point. Okay. So it's not like it, it just, it just doesn't, doesn't count. Cause like when I go back, I look at the records, like, okay, well, I was, you know, you know, two, two and one that week, not thinking, you know, what does that translate into points? So what you're saying then that that basically would translate, you know, into two, you know, two and a half points. Okay. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. So you, yeah. So if the spread is seven and that team wins by seven, right. both of would get a half point because that's the push. Exactly. Gotcha. Right. Okay. It, we know that it's, it's, like you said, every sports book has different rules. There are some in town that the game has to be played on that day. And we see that like a, a lot with baseball. You're, uh, you know, with rain delays and game suspension, that sort of thing. Again, you've never had a game really, you know, postponed for this situation and not knowing when it's going to be played. Why is there not a universal, you know, rule here that would go through all sports books in the state of Nevada or even you know, whether it's a state by state thing or just a universal thing with sports books throughout the country where you would just have a universal rule instead of letting something like this be determined or, you know, by each book itself? Well, there's just no true, uh, you know, I, I guess everybody has different opinions on how these things pan out. For the most part, they are. You know, we have the same rules for um, almost m- most things, I'll say. Right. Uh, but when it comes to these, you know, acts of God or, you know, weather or hurricanes or, you know, stuff like that, that's where they start getting a little different. You know, some believe, hey, if it's not played that day, you get a refund. And others, like, well, give them some time. Maybe they just had a power outage, and, um, you know, they're going to fix the the power, and they're going to finish the game tomorrow. You know, some believe, well, I should have action still. There's others that say, no, it has to be played on that day. Uh, It's just so many different opinions out there. There's not really a governing body for the rules. Um, You know, there probably should be, I mean, for the most part, like I said, they are similar or exactly the same in most cases. 
but they do vary when it comes to these, you know, events that just, you know, are unforeseen or unforeseen events or things that just don't happen that often. You, you just have different opinions on, on how they should be handled. Um, I don't know because there's so many operators, especially these days. I mean, Nevada, when we had, you know, our operators all here in one state, you know, we still couldn't agree. You know, there's people that thought, you know, in different directions and we can never agree on a universal or a Nevada wide rule. I can't see that happening now because now you have, you know, three times, four times as many operators as you did, you know, uh, right. two, three years ago. Let me, let me ask you, you've been in this business a long time and in different properties. Do you think that there should be just a universal set of rules that everybody should, every book should, should play by the same thing. And that way it is, uh, you know, I don't want to say better, but just it's, it's more clear for the players because then they know, you know, what they're getting themselves into. I mean, what would you prefer? I mean, if you were, if it was, if it was Jay Cornegay at the top, uh, you know, controlling everything for everybody, say it was a Nevada state gaming control board thing. What do you think would be more beneficial? Well, if I'm on the top and I'm sitting on the, the, um, throne. Yeah. And I, I'm going to decide I would like to have, and but the thing is, okay, am I, do I get to make the final decision on these type of rules? Or, you know what, are you asking me, I'm on the throne and I have a choice? Either we do it like we're doing it right now, or no. we all have the same no. set of rules, or do I get to make the rules? Well, I, I guess what I'm saying is, should would you be in favor that everybody has the same house rules or are you in favor of each book should set their own house rules? Well, I would be in favor of everybody having the same rules if we can agree on those sticking points. Like I said, mm -hmm. you know, some people believe that, oh, if it's not played that day, you know, it's no action. And, uh, you know, we, we believe that there are certain events uh, that take place, whether it's, you know, lightning or a hurricane or I don't know, yeah, right, forest sure. fire. Yeah, I remember yeah. forest fires, you know, relocated a game. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I believe that, you know, they should still have action as long as it's played within, you know, a week or seven days. You know, people don't have to rebet it. Um, but uh, others don't. And so um, it would be nice in a perfect world, I guess, if we were all together and we all could agree on what these rules are. Um but I just don't, obviously, I just don't see that happening um, because we, we all have different opinions on those type of things. And, and, and again, these are uh, rules that don't come up very often. So for the most part, we do have the same rules. All right. All right. Jake Cornegay joins it at the uh, Superbook there at the Westgate Las Vegas. All right, Jay, we talk about uh, a great game that we anticipate uh, on Monday night, the college football championship game, uh, Georgia. <laughs> they barely got by uh, Ohio State. TCU really manhandled Michigan, kind of from the outside, uh, from the outset of that game. Even though the final score is fifty-one to forty-five, 
Uh, we have a line here that has Georgia a 13-point favorite. And as we know that you know, a lot of people remember the last thing that they saw, and they saw Georgia struggle. They saw TCU play pretty darn well. I think for a lot of people, they're looking at this line going, man, that seems like a pretty high line. What went into setting this number at 13? And let's even talk about the total at 63. Yeah, I mean, George, uh, TCU, let's start with them. Okay, we're currently we're at 12 and a half and 63, but TCU's um, you know, they, they're trying to do the unspeakable of winning a championship, but not being ranked in the top 25, you know, at the beginning of the year. That, that hasn't happened since 1990 when Georgia Tech and, uh, Colorado split the national championship. Um, it should have been Georgia Tech because Colorado five downs against Missouri. You're, you're talking, <laughs> you know? to, you're talking about your team there. Okay. You know, no, oh, oh, yo, that's, no, no. I went to Colorado State. Oh, that's, that's true. Right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's You're right. Ram. I, whenever they whenever they bring up their national championship, yes. and this is Boulderite that I have to deal with. Yes. Um, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. You split the national championship, and they're like, have oh, you had that discussion with our good friend Mike Pritchard? Because I've had that discussion with him before. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. They're very they're very sensitive about that. I know. I, I love I love Pritch, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, we have we've poked each other uh, plenty of times, and and uh, but that you know this this is will be the first time a team if they pull it off would be you know winning the national championship without being ranked in the top twenty five at the beginning of the year. So their power ranking has always been lower, right? And they've been trying to get out of there. SEC is through the roof, and you, you even saw it against the you know Big Ten. You know the Big Ten team was favored seven and a half, eight point favorite over TCU. Now, I do believe Michigan somewhat self imploded. Yeah. You know, you know, I I I'm I'm actually rooting for TCU, but I don't think George is gonna make the same type of mistakes that Michigan did. I you know, I don't think they're gonna be um you know, uh, you know, fumbling inside the five yard line. I don't think they're going to be, you know, throwing pick sixes. Um I think that uh you know, people are going to look at that and, you know, Ohio State was in a great position. They were, it was like house money to them. They had nothing to lose. They got a second life. Here we go, guys. Um, and, and played Georgia, obviously, right down to the, the, the final, you know, gun. Um, and that's why the power ranking, you know, the SEC over, uh, the Big 12. Uh, the Big 12 just hasn't been getting any respect whatsoever all season long, especially in these type of matchups. Um, you see the number coming down because right now the public it just keeps eating on TCU. And to your point, what did they see last? That's why we're seeing a lot of, in fact, 83% of the tickets right now are on TCU. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it kind of goes back up a little bit once we get closer to uh, game day. What about sharp money? Where's sharp money coming in at? You know what? We haven't uh, really seen anything. Uh, yeah. We haven't seen anything on it. Uh, total, you know, we opened the total at 64. Um, it got as low as 61 and a half. Now we're back up to 63. I can't say I've seen any sharp money on this game at this point. Is that a little bit strange? I mean, especially for the magnitude of a game like this, and you know the line has been up for you know almost a week now. Uh, that that you haven't seen that. 
seen what? See so, a lot, a lot oh. of sharp, sharp money. It, it, oh, up until this oh, point, yeah. after, after five days. Yeah, you know, it's um, I don't know. They they uh, they haven't really touched it. Um, you know, we we uh, you know the markets kind of come down because the tickets are coming in on TCU. Uh, just haven't seen anything, even on the total. I, I, we just we wouldn't consider that sharp money. It's just kind of the right. market kind of down. There's a few bets on the under, but I don't categorize them as sharps. Right. And uh, you know that's why I said it went down. Now it went back up. So I'm like, okay, so we'll we'll see. I think the I you know. To, you know, for the sharp players, it's just another game to them, right? Yeah. They just like the Super Bowl. They don't. Hey, it's just another game. This game means it's just as much as this Dayton and East Tennessee State game to me. You know, um, so um, they uh, they wait. If there's a maybe there's a certain number they're looking for. I do see some twelves now. Um, there's a it's kind of split between twelve and twelve and a half. Um, I was. I, I thought the total was interesting. It really did go down, drop quite a bit, and then it shot right back up. I thought that was pretty interesting. I was trying to figure out what what was going on there, but again, just different opinions on this game. You know, when we talked uh, last week, and when we had John on Friday, we were talking about the potential matchups here. And he goes, "Ah, oh, TCU's involved. Maybe we're not going to get that that big a handle." You know, if you had a, a Michigan, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, maybe the handle will go off the charts. What's your anticipated handle for this game Monday night? Especially considering now we've got a double digit spread. Yeah, yeah, that does take something away from this game. You know, it's a little, uh, you know, uh, lopsided. Um, you know, Michigan just has a huge fan base. I mean, they're, they're Michigan fans all over. And I know the joke is, you know, ask 10 Michigan fans where they went to school and you'll find out that seven of them didn't go to Michigan. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but it's, uh, it's funny. Uh, I, you know, I almost went to Ann Arbor. Uh, you know, I got accepted there. I, I graduated high school in Michigan. And so I went down to Ann Arbor, but my heart was in Colorado. So I came back. And I, I went there for uh, veterinarian school, and that's another story. But uh, you know, it's either a you know be a vet or a bookie. Oh, I'll take a bookie. Yeah, uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it does take away a little bit just because the the Michigan, you know, on a fan base is just gigantic. They're they're you know uh, TCU. You know, it wasn't that long ago TCU was playing you know Utah and and uh, they played the Mount uh, West schedule uh, way back. Yeah. 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 So, and that's why I'm got you know I'm got to root for TCU. It's like in a former Mountain West, former WAC school in the football championship. That's awesome. Here's the thing, people. I just it cracks me up that you know people are still thinking this TCU thing is a fluke. They averaged over 40 points a game this season, 41 to be exact. They scored over 40 plus what seven times a season, and you, this team can score. They're not void. And the only way that I think that TCU gets blown out of this game is if they self-implode and they turn the ball over, but that's really not what they do. And for people thinking that Georgia's defense all of a sudden is going to show up against the one of the most high-octane explosive offenses, I think it's kind of a, a funny. It's almost a joke. I mean, you, uh, LSU threw for 500 yards against him. They gave him 30 points to LSU, and then they, you know, give up nearly 50, you know, last week against Ohio State. So, uh, and again, and Georgia's banged up on the defensive side of the ball. I think we're going to have a great game, Jay. I really do. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be very entertaining, and uh, you know, it, the timing of it is perfect. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, 
I mean, I, I'd rather see it like on a Saturday night. We would get a lot more attention because of the you know, tours that we have in town and, you know, coming in on, on a Saturday night. But, you know, just the isolation of it is fantastic. Yep. You know, it's all by itself. It has all, the main stage all to itself. Um, but uh, the outside of Monday night, you know, it, the isolation on Saturday night would be even better. But it'll still be... Um, you know, one of the bigger games of the year. I don't know if it's going to match that Ohio State Georgia total because that was a holiday weekend on a Saturday night. Right. I mean, so many people into that game, and it was a fantastic game. And the end game was going back and forth. That's a uh, yeah, that was incredible. Uh, we've you know we've been treated to a, a lot of good uh, you know football games lately, and um, outside of this past Monday night, but I'm hoping we get one again this Monday night. All right, I'm sh- I'm thinking that we that we do, and I hope we do. All good. All right, he is Jay Cornegay. He is the vice president of operations at the world famous Superbook, and there he is. He's coming out of the tunnel right now with his veterinarian gear, and now he put on a green and gold helmet. Look at that, Jay. We're, your fight song's playing right now. Sing along. Lead us. Small <laughs> work Rams. <laughs> that is those mighty Rams. I don't that know. Is hilarious. I, that is hilarious. Well, hey, this is what we do here. We ain't we aim to please. I don't know. You know what? I'm thinking that that's almost kind of a, a ripoff between Notre Dame and Stanford. I think I think it's kind of a ripoff song there. I don't know about those those Colorado State Rams. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, these fight maybe, songs kind of sound maybe, the same. Well, the, the thing is, it's not played too often. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's good. All right, my friend. Uh, well, hey, then we'll, we'll have to go to the UNLV Colorado State game together. I want to see you dress up in some some green, gold, and white. Uh, you know, I I have my gear. I, you know, I we go. We, we've gone to a few bowl games here and there, and yeah. uh, you know, uh, when Sonny Lubick was. Uh, you know, had them up there. You know, at one time, this is hard to believe for a lot of people, but back in 92, CSU got up to number four in the nation with, get this, with one loss. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right, man, we'll let you go uh, get back to making John Murray's schedule, okay? make Yeah, pencil in that hour and a half uh, lunch uh, hour as well, too. I just got to, you know, rubber stamp and just says OFF, and I just go... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, brother. We'll see you tomorrow. You tell John be ready. Tell him to bring it because tomorrow his gig is the NFL. We're hitting hitting him with the NFL tomorrow. Tell him to be ready. Oh, he loves he loves ref ball. All right, I'll let him know. Take care, brother. Appreciate you. He's Jay Cornegay at the Superbook. All right, more next hour as we handicap these games with Scott Spritzer. It is a thunderous Thursday edition of the TC Martin Show. <laughs>